Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. So I've been doing this stream of market spotlights lately, and it's great. The feedback has been wonderful. We've done, I think, three different markets just in the last month and a half or two months. This might be the fourth, maybe the fifth, but fourth market spotlight that we're doing. One of the perennial markets that we've been in for a very long time is Birmingham, Alabama. It is a great market. There's a lot going on there. It's kind of like a hidden jewel in a way because a lot of people don't even think about it or talk about it much because it's not like a major metropolitan area. But we've had investors investing there for a long, long time with great success, very strong cap rates and cash on cash returns. It's still an affordable market. There's just a lot of great things to say about Birmingham. So I wanted to bring on one of our fantastic property providers to talk about the Birmingham Metro and what we have going on there and all the good stuff that they're doing. So with that, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. It's been a while. In fact, we were just talking about this before we started recording. I, you were saying it was like four years or something like that since we had you on. Is that really true? <laughs> We'll have to go back and check, but I know it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's long overdue is basically what you're saying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm excited to share, I guess, this market with people because number one, we haven't talked about it for a while, so it's overdue. Second, it's just a market that has inventory on a regular basis, good inventory. The numbers really make sense and it's easy for even beginning investors or investors that don't have a lot of down payment capital or investment capital to get started with. So it's really a great market and friendly for everybody. Let's begin, I guess, talking about the question I always ask first, and that is from a high level, why should I as an investor invest in Birmingham, Alabama? Great question. So I'm a little partial. I'm a native. I was born and raised in Birmingham, and I find it to be just an incredible place to raise a family. Um, I have so many friends and family members here. So it's just overall, it's a wonderful place to live, a wonderful place to raise my children. But at a high level, our GDP is nearly 30, I'm sorry, 63 billion, and it's increased 29% over the last 10 years. We ranked 24th out of 288 cities with the lowest cost of living in the U.S. Our unemployment is only 2.5% when the national is around 4.6. Then we have an average household income of around 58000 where the U.S. average is 35. And finally, we are 49% tenant occupied. So we always have a really steady pool of renters that are looking to occupy our properties. And we, I'll get into this more with you later, but we have a wonderful diversification when it comes to employment. So we're not dependent on one industry. That's actually a, an interesting question about the economy. I'm not overly familiar with the Birmingham market. What are some of the major employers or what's driving the economy? I mean, you know, every, every market is broken down into different industries and some of them are very heavily focused on finance. Some of them are heavily focused on oil and gas, which, you know, you could argue, I guess, Houston is to some degree, although it's gotten better over the years. What is making up the Birmingham economy, if you will? What makes up industry there? Our number one employer is actually medical. 
So, you know, that's not going anywhere. We also have a big presence of manufacturing, higher education, uh, banking, telecommunications. And we have, in the last 10 years or so, Alabama has become the number four auto exporting state. So we have several auto manufacturers and their um, other companies that build like parts and things like that that have moved into our state that um, the exports have exceeded mm-hmm. $8.5 billion in 2021. So we're quickly becoming a huge auto manufacturer and that's providing a lot of great jobs for our tenants. I'm trying to remember if it was Toyota or who moved out of California. I know they moved towards Texas. Now, maybe it's to Alabama. Who are the automotive employers out there? We do have Toyota. That's in um, Alabama. We have Honda. We have Hyundai. Uh, Mercedes is the biggest one that's close to us. They just did a huge expansion that's employing a ton of people. Um, and that's within about a 30, 45 minute drive from our market. Um, we also have Autocar, which is in one of the markets that we heavily invest in. Uh, There's several more, but they are just continuing to grow. Interesting. I don't know if you know this. I don't necessarily expect you to know this, but do you know if the population is growing? Like if if you have positive net migration in Birmingham, I would assume you do because of the employers and the major employers that are there, but you never know. I mean, it could be flat. I haven't checked it lately. I would assume it's pretty flat. Uh, We, we just consider ourselves like a very boring market. So it's not like that exciting to move to Alabama. But I would say we do have um, a lot of people that are moving in for job opportunities. Uh, So I wouldn't say the last time I checked, it wasn't a huge increase. But I don't think we have negative either. Yeah, like I said, I didn't expect you to know that. I mean, that's not really a statistic that most people care about or even track. I find it interesting. I like it because, you know, I compare something like a market in Florida versus an other extreme market being Detroit, Michigan. And, you know, one, you've got decades worth of, you know, negative net migration. And you look at Florida markets and you've got like massive positive net migration because people are moving to Florida, moving south to the warmer climate, you know, for the tax-free state, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, having positive net migration leads to housing demand. It puts pressure on the housing market because those people need to live somewhere. So they either have to buy something and live there or they have to rent something and live there. But in both situations, it creates a transaction. It's a sale where it's pulling inventory off the market. So the demand is sucking up, you know, whatever supply there is. And that's good if you own in that market or if you're planning to buy in that market and that's a sustained trend. I would imagine that the three main markets in Alabama, which would be Birmingham, Montgomery, and what's the other one? Huntsville. Huntsville, yes. I've just seen, you know, constant growth and interest in those markets, even though they are what you're calling, quote unquote, boring markets. And I like boring markets because they are just consistent. It's kind of like the, you know, the hare, you know, the turtle. Okay. So is there anything else you want to comment on or add in terms of why invest in Birmingham, what's going on in the local economy or, you know, other major employers or industry that's there? Yeah, we just continue to grow. Um, Like I mentioned, auto is the biggest growth factor for us right now. They continue to bring in more parts manufacturers. um, And then the existing employers continue to add on, um, bring in more jobs. So that's huge for us right now. Um, Like I mentioned, medical is our number one employer. We continue to grow in that as well, building new hospitals. The University of Alabama, Birmingham is actually our number one employer. And it's a medical school, a dental hospital, a medical hospital, a university 
university. So we continue to grow with that as well. And they're making huge advancements and doing all kinds of really cool breakthroughs there. Uh, we also have a really big banking presence. BBVA Compass is located here. Regions, we have a really big Wells Fargo presence. Uh, we also have um, other health systems. And it's just very diversified to the point that we're not, like I said, dependent on one industry. In years past, we were the number one steel manufacturer, and that was pretty much our only claim to fame. But that's not really the case anymore. Now we're uh, more diversified and have these um, more well-rounded <laughs> opportunities. Yeah. Well, that's great. So a question about like pricing, you know, in, in your market, we've seen pretty much most markets around the country appreciate very, very rapidly in an unsustainable way in 2020 and 2021. And there are reasons for that. What have you seen happen over the last, let's say, two to three years in Birmingham, but with more of a focus on like what's going on now? Because I, I know a lot of markets have kind of cooled off, which was to be expected. Right. So I've been in this business for... 12 years now. And when I first started, we sold very low priced properties, um, very low priced, very high cash flow, but they were not in fantastic areas. And so as we have learned and grown and gotten deeper into our property management business, we've learned that that is not the key to long-term success. And so we have moved into more A and B markets. So overall, Birmingham has appreciated at a faster rate than we're used to. Our normal appreciation is 3%. So like I mentioned, just slow and steady. But in the last two years, we have had a higher than normal appreciation due to obviously the crazy market. It's hit us as well. So I would say in the higher end properties, there has been some significant increases. Um, those being the more owner-occupied, the very um, nice areas, that kind of thing. We got into that situation too, where there were bidding wars and multiple offers and all of that kind of stuff. But in what we invest in, which is more of the B market, more of the... Um, just kind of a, a standard B. It's a safe neighborhood. It's a good neighborhood, but it's not going to be the highest end and where we are located. Those haven't been as crazy. So the last two years, our prices have increased a little bit, but that was more to keep up with the lack of supply. So we were having to pay a little bit more to acquire these properties um, than we did in the past. And so we had to charge a little bit more for them. But overall, we have not increased dramatically like so many areas have. I would say, I mean, a property that I sold five years ago is probably five or $10,000 more than it was. It's not 50 or 100,000 like it is in a lot of areas. So we have been hit by the times, but not in a way that's made our properties not cash flow anymore. But you're seeing strong, relatively speaking, strong cap rates and strong cash on cash returns because of the price points and the rent ratio to that price point. Right. Yeah. So kind of a similar question then, what has been going on with rents and rent growth? Has that been tracking more or less in lockstep with price growth or has rent been kind of like what it's been doing in other markets where we've seen like very strong rent growth in the last couple of years? We have had growth in the last couple of years. I wouldn't say it's dramatic. So it has not been, like I said, our pricing isn't really dramatic. Our rent growth isn't really dramatic. I wouldn't say either one of them have just yeah. skyrocketed. They are keeping up incrementally. Our average, we try to increase a um, on a renewal at least by $50 a month. So it's not going to be anything crazy. We don't go in and do, you know, huge increases. An A property may have a slightly more than that, but 
again, it's just, it's very boring market. We try to do um, incremental increases every single year instead of huge one-time increases, keeping up with inflation and that kind of thing, because most of the markets that we invest in are, they're very heavily tenant occupied. And so um, we also have to keep up with other um, properties in the market. So because we have our own property management company, we are very aware of what the rent rates are and what we can increase to, to not outprice ourselves out of the market and that kind of thing. So to answer your question, yes, the prices for the rent have gone up, but not dramatically. Okay. So we'll talk about the types of properties that you guys are renovating and, and providing for us here in a minute. But before I get to that, kind of a segue question, if you will, give us an idea of the price range, low to high, of what is available in the pipeline uh, today and coming down the road. And similar question, what is the equivalent rent, low and high, for those same properties? Absolutely. So general range that we're in right now is about 115,000 to 150,000. So of course we've had a few that are less than that. Um, we've had several that are more than that, but that's very typical for us. For the rent, that's about 975 to 1250. Okay. So your rent to value or rent to price ratio is right around 0.8%, maybe even 0.9%, which is good. I mean, I've said a few times, Generally speaking, that 1% rule is kind of out the window at this point in time. Yeah, I wish we could still abide by the 1% rule. I really do. Um, yeah. It just feels like the market has shifted so much that that's unattainable, but someday we may get back there. Yeah. I mean, history repeats itself, or at least if it doesn't, it rhymes. Right. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, real estate is all about cycles. You know, we have global economic cycles. We have economic cycles within our own economy, within this country. We have local market cycles. We have real estate cycles. We have cycles with interest rates. Everything is a cycle on a cycle. We have, you know, micro cycles within macro cycles. So things, things come and go, you know, there were times when we had interest rates in the 17, 18% range, you know, in the 1980s. And now, you know, we've got 5% rates, right? I mean, we've even seen sub 3% rates, which is uh, whoever thought we would have seen that. So things always ebb and flow. So to say that we are not going to say C1% rent to price ratios is, I mean, nobody knows, nobody has a crystal ball, but to say that it won't happen again is not necessarily true. So we'll see what happens. But still, you know, a, a price, a rent to price ratio of 0.8% still good. I mean, it gives you a good, good rate of return. It gives you, uh, you know, solid cash flow. There's nothing wrong with it. So do you have any comments about the neighborhoods that you're focused on? I, I you made uh, some comments about it. You know, you're focused primarily, it sounds like on B class neighborhoods, maybe B plus A minus, depending on what you're finding. Is there anything you want to talk about as it relates to the neighborhoods you're focused on? Sure. So yes, you're exactly right. We focus on mainly B. We do purchase and sell A properties. They're just harder to come by, as you can imagine. Uh, we sold a lot more three years ago before the market shifted. Um, so we absolutely still have them. We try to get as many as we can. In that situation, I really try to focus more on an investor telling me I want this specific type of property so we can go out and find it because the A's are a little bit more difficult to acquire, but we can do that. Um, but what we consider, we call it our bread and butter. Our typical properties are B markets. They're working class 
tenants or we do work with Section 8. We have a mix of different neighborhoods. We focus on the Birmingham suburbs. So the Birmingham population, if you consider just like the downtown population, that's about 200,000 people. The metro is 1.1 million. So we focus on the metropolitan area that makes up a lot of suburbs that surround the kind of downtown hub. We also go to Tuscaloosa, which is about an hour from us, which has the University of Alabama and is a great rental market. And then we will have some other areas in between, but we typically, because we have in-house property management, we try to not go further than about an hour and a half so we can really effectively manage from Birmingham. So in those neighborhoods, like I said, they're good, safe neighborhoods. Like I said, the uh, price points, usually 115 to 150. They are a mix of working class tenants. We also have nurses. Again, uh, medical is a big factor for us. And then we do have a mix of Section 8 tenants as well. I'd say about 30% of our rental portfolio is Section 8. So when we rehab all of our houses, we renovate to Section 8 standards. So all of our properties can go Section 8. And our policy on that is we have a very strict criteria as far as our applications and leasing. And so any tenant has to qualify per our standards. And then whichever tenant that meets the lease qualifications and is approved and then has a deposit gets to move forward with the property. So we work with, again, a Section 8 and private pay. We have probably six or seven primary markets that we invest in. Those markets are a mix of very heavily tenant-occupied and uh, more owner-occupied. I ran a few just um, out of curiosity earlier. Our primary neighborhood that we invest in, just because it's geographically very large, is called Centerpoint. That's a market mm -hmm. we've been in for years and years. It's our primary market that we invest in. There, the median household income is about 45K. The median age is 33, and it's about 44% tenant occupied. But then when you go up just slightly to another neighborhood that's very close to Centerpoint, um, that's a little bit smaller. So Centerpoint is about 16,000 people. This neighborhood, Pinson, which is very close, but a little bit of a higher, let's say Centerpoint's a B minus, Pinson's a solid B. Um, it only has 7,000 people. And it has a median income of 70000 And that one has an owner occupancy of, uh, uh, sorry, it's closer to 14% tenant occupied. So we have a different mix. Another area that we invest heavily in is Hueytown. That one is almost as big as Centerpoint. It also has a little bit higher average income of 58000 And that one is 28% tenant occupied. So Centerpoint is definitely our largest market. It's very heavy on the tenant occupancy, but that also means that we always have a steady pool of tenants that we're pooling, and there's always a lot of people. I tell people that one of the reasons that we invest heavily in Centerpoint is a very family-friendly area. We get calls all the time that says, I want to rent property A because my cousin lives on property B Street, and they want to be close right. by. It's very <laughs> generational. There's a lot of people that live in that neighborhood. And that's how we get a lot is referrals and um, people just want to be close to family members. That's a great sign. Mm -hmm. You have strong tenant demand. And you know, when people are referring other people, it's, it's solid. That's great. Mm -hmm. That was a really good description. You kind of covered some of the questions I wanted to ask you about neighborhoods. And I was going to ask you what your favorite was, but I think I, I could probably guess just, you know, it's in that list of three that you had there. 
Mm-hmm. So let's talk about properties for a minute. Maybe talk about the types of properties that you guys are focused on. You know, are they single family or are there others like duplexes, fourplexes in that mix? What's kind of the makeup? Are you know, are they typically three bed, two bath? And then I'd like to hear a little bit about the typical renovation. What does that look like in terms of, you know, a scope of work on a typical renovation? Absolutely. So we only invest in single family at the moment. We, well, I shouldn't say only, we very rarely invest outside. We have had a handful of duplexes, triplexes. They're very not common in our market. Um, I know a lot of other markets, they're in abundance and that's a really good investment tool, but we just don't really have them. Um, So we have invested in them in the past. They do okay for us, but most of our tenants prefer their own home. So if they're not looking to live in an apartment, then the option of a duplex versus a single family home, they're almost always going to go for a single family home. So we invest in single Mm -hmm. family. We have three bedroom or greater. We very, very rarely do a two bedroom. We're pretty much three bedroom or greater. A lot of our properties are one bath. That's very common for those areas like Centerpoint, but they'll also be higher as well. Most of our properties were built in the 50s to the 70s, but we do get newer properties as well. Typically, they're a thousand to twelve hundred square feet but again we get larger as well so that's kind of the the standard that we adhere to but we also have things outside of that as far as our scope of work we focus on what we call the big four the roof the hvac the plumbing and the electrical our rule on the roof the hvac and the water heater is that they have to have at least five years life remaining or we replace them We update the plumbing and the electrical as needed in every property. And then we do a cosmetic rehab. So we go in and we do, you know, if there's hardwoods, we refinish them. If there's carpet, we replace it. We paint the cabinets. We change out the hardware. We give it a facelift, but we don't do high-end finishes. We don't add granite. We don't add new hardwoods, that kind of thing, because we look at these as a rental property and we want our investors to have as little upkeep and as little deferred maintenance as possible. So we do everything we can to make it as tenant-friendly and investor-friendly as possible. Typically don't include dishwashers. We do in the A properties, but in the B properties, we if they have a slot for a dishwasher, we actually close it in. We found that to be one of the biggest maintenance items, so we just remove it. We close in the fireplaces. We try to do everything we can to make it as, you know, tenant proof as possible. I'm just curious, when you remove the dishwasher, assuming there was one there, does that lower the rent that you can ask for that property? It doesn't change it. No, because again, in these areas, we're setting so much of the rent. And most of the time where this is located, so Centerpoint is a specific area that we do this. They're built in the 50s. Most of these houses don't even have a slot for it. And so it's not common really to have a dishwasher in that neighborhood. So it's really not a big deal. Yeah, very interesting. I never stopped to think about the dishwasher. I mean, sometimes you have amenities like, you know, granite countertops and dishwashers and a disposal and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it, you can you can charge more, $25, $50 more a month or maybe more. But I guess it's market specific and neighborhood specific. It's actually, a, you know, a term that I, I used years ago. I stopped talking about it, actually, which is pretty strange. But I keep referring to it as what is neighborhood normal? Like what is normal for that neighborhood? And a great example of that is what you just said. You know, you, you've got three bedroom, one bath homes. Now, you, you know, you wouldn't think that is normal. You'd think like a three bedroom, one and a half, or maybe a three bed, three bed, two bath 
home is, is normal, but it, it may be normal where you live, but it may not be normal for the neighborhoods that you're looking at in Birmingham or maybe Birmingham in general. Absolutely. So you have to keep that in mind, you know, ask the question, what is considered neighborhood normal in the areas that you're looking in? And, uh, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise that it's a three bedroom, one bath with no dishwasher, <laughs> you know? So anyway, let's uh, wrap up with, you know, a little bit about property management. If I'm not mistaken, your company has a sister company that does the property management. If I remember right. Yes. Okay. So just high level, just talk really briefly about the property management services there and anything you want to talk about as it relates to, you know, occupancy rates or whatever you're seeing. Sure. So we do have in-house property management. We find that to be crucial for our turnkey process. Um, we make it as easy as possible for our investors. I am your point of contact from the point of, you know, determining which property is the right fit through closing. So I will work with you through the inspection, the appraisal, um, getting it closed. And then we have a dedicated owner relations contact person that I will introduce you to once the property closes and she will take care of you from there. Again, it's in-house management. So any questions, they're always coming back to me. Anything that I can do to help, I'm always there. But um, we have two owners that own both companies. So it makes everything very efficient. We charge 10% for management and we lower it to 9% when you own three properties. We also offer two warranties with our turnkey properties. The first is a mortgage guarantee. So if the property is not leased by the time your first mortgage payment is due, we will pay the amount of your coupon until the property is rented. That just gives us a little bit of time to make sure we have the right tenant in place. Since we're going to be working with you for the long term, we want to make sure that it's the right tenant, not just a warm body that's going into that property. As I mentioned before, we have a really stringent um, application process and uh, qualification criteria. So we want to make sure that we're getting a good quality tenant. So in that case, we do that mortgage guarantee so we can make sure that everybody's covered for the first little while until we get that right tenant in place. We also offer a contractor's warranty. So for the first year, our contractor will cover anything that was done during the rehab, which is on the scope of work. So they will um, make any kind of repairs that were done during the initial rehab. That's awesome. Yeah, those are two great guarantees. Yeah. I would say as far as vacancy, um, we are around 4% vacant right now. So was that 96% occupied? And when a property goes vacant, we have a policy that we have a 72-hour turnaround from the property going vacant to getting a estimate for the rent ready. That's fantastic. I don't know if I knew those um, guarantees. I knew you had something in place. I just didn't, didn't know the, the specifics of it. And that's great. I wish everybody did that, actually. But that's fantastic. Right. Well, we find it really important to working with our investors. We want our investors to come back and buy more properties. So we want you to be very comfortable and we want to make sure again that we can take the time to place the right tenant so that they're not a problem for us or for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's great. No, I, I, I really appreciate you guys doing that. Well, in wrapping up, is there anything else about the market or the investment opportunities there that you'd like to share before we uh, bring this episode to a close? I'll just say we have inventory right now. We were really struggling for the last couple of years as everyone was to get good inventory, but um, we have had a few changes lately that we do have properties available for sale. Uh, we have some wonderful opportunities in that, like I said, 115 to 150 range. Great start potential for a new investor to get in, um, get 
multiple properties if you want to. Again, if you get three properties, you get a discount on the property management. So it's a great market to invest in. I like to say that because we work in so many different neighborhoods, different suburbs of Birmingham, that it's really easy to diversify even within our market. So I can get you three different properties in three different neighborhoods, and it gives you a little bit of a hedge because you're diversified even within our portfolio. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Well, Stephanie, I appreciate you coming on. So thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this, Birmingham is a great market. Like I said, it's a perennial market. It's It might be a quote unquote boring market, but uh, it's definitely a market worth looking into. And now that we have more inventory there, you know, Stephanie and her team can certainly help you. So just contact the investment counselor that you have here on my team. If you don't have an investment counselor already assigned to you, no problem. Just uh, contact us or fill out the form on our website. And usually within 12 hours, We've got you connected with our team, but they can certainly answer more questions, give you a deeper dive into the opportunities there, and then, you know, circle Stephanie and her team in for you. But that is it for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you have any questions, contact me and my team. Remember to subscribe. It takes you three seconds to click that button. Spread the word about the show with your friends and family, because I'm sure they would like to learn more about financial freedom and real estate investing and all that good stuff. And thank you for listening. We will see you all on our next episode. Are you looking for a roadmap to financial freedom? If so, we have a solution for you. Narada Real Estate is offering a limited number of free strategy sessions to help you get out of the rat race. Learn how you can create wealth and build monthly passive income. To set up a time with one of our knowledgeable investment counselors, simply go to naradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.